Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. Well, this week, the 46th president of these United States was sworn in, Joseph Biden. And on his way out, President Trump gave a farewell speech that was inspirational, detailing all that had been accomplished in just four short years. Let's go to these uh, thoughts and comments by President Trump as he gave his farewell speech on Tuesday. My fellow Americans, four years ago, we launched a great national effort to rebuild our country, to renew its spirit, and to restore the allegiance of this government to its citizens. In short, we embarked on a mission to make America great again for all Americans. As I conclude my term as the 45th President of the United States, I stand before you truly proud of what we have achieved together. We did what we came here to do, and so much more. This week, we inaugurate a new administration and pray for its success in keeping America safe and prosperous. We extend our best wishes, and we also want them to have luck, a very important word. I'd like to begin by thanking just a few of the amazing people who made our remarkable journey possible. First, let me express my overwhelming gratitude for the love and support of our spectacular First Lady, Melania. Let me also share my deepest appreciation to my daughter, Ivanka, my son-in-law, Jared, and to Baron Don, Eric, Tiffany, and Lara. You fill my world with light and with joy. I also want to thank Vice President Mike Pence, his wonderful wife, Karen, and the entire Pence family. Thank you as well to my Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, the dedicated members of the White House staff, and the Cabinet and all of the incredible people across our administration who poured out their heart and soul to fight for America. I also want to take a moment to thank a truly exceptional group of people, the United States Secret Service. My family and I will forever be in your debt. My profound gratitude as well to everyone in the White House military office, the teams of Marine One and Air Force One, every member of the armed forces, and state and local law enforcement all across our country. Most of all, I want to thank the American people. To serve as your president has been an honor beyond description. Thank you for this extraordinary privilege. And that's what it is, a great privilege and a great honor. We must never forget that while Americans will always have our disagreements, we are a nation of incredible, decent, faithful, and peace-loving citizens who all want our country to thrive and flourish and be very, very successful and good. We are a truly magnificent nation. That is President Trump as he gave his farewell speech from the White House on Tuesday before Wednesday's inauguration. The full speech of just 19 minutes is available at our website at Ohio Christian Alliance. Just do a search on that. Ohio Christian Alliance or OhioCA.org. Just click on the image of President Trump 
farewell speech, and we would really encourage you as he continues to talk about all the accomplishments in just the last four years. The president uh, obviously gave goodwill to the incoming administration, and we would like to, at this time, read from the scriptures, as we're instructed to do so, to pray for the new president coming in, the new administration, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. That's 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 4. So we do encourage you to pray for our nation, to pray for its leaders as we go forward. Well, this week marks the anniversary of Roe v. Wade as well. And that is a day that will live in infamy in this country, as it legalized abortion on demand in 1973. Forty-eight years later, the march, the marches for life continue. Every year until this year, there has been a major march for life of pro-lifers coming from across the country to Washington, D.C., Albeit, this year that will not happen, as March for Life announced that the main march will be postponed or canceled this year, will not be on the 29th as scheduled uh, due to COVID or maybe the restrictions in Washington for whatever reason. Unfortunately, they have canceled that march. But I want to tell you that the cause and the March for Life marches on. And with me on the phone is a woman who is passionate about the unborn. When President Trump said, for all Americans... I was thinking about the unborn. In his administration, he sought to defund Planned Parenthood, the the nation's number one abortion provider. President Trump was pro-life in his administration, along with his vice president, Mike Pence. And his administration sought to uh, restrict abortion on demand and to advance the cause for life. This new administration's coming in with a whole set of ideas that are contrary to those of us who believe that life in the womb is sacred and that it is to be protected. With me on the phone is the director of Northeast Ohio Right to Life, Denise Leopold. Now, on Saturday, they're going to be holding an observance, and it will be on State Road in Cauga Falls, and we're going to be standing for life along the highway there. So we're going to talk about that and some other life issues. Denise, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me, Chris. It's nice to be here. Well, thank you, and thank you for your dedication to the cause for life with Northeast Ohio Right to Life. And as we see this administration leaving, the Trump administration, that it's been so favorable to us on so many fronts for the cause for life, it it, it takes one's breath away to think about what might be in the next days and weeks as we see rollbacks of pro-life executive orders, pro-life policy, and here we go again. Your thoughts? You know, we've lived through um, administrations, liberal administrations before uh, under Barack Obama. We did have several years where they had control of the House and the Senate. But this is different. It's never been so blatantly out there, the disrespect for life. And for the first time, it really scares me. But that doesn't mean we back away. It means that we just have to work a lot harder. It's just so unfortunate because we made so many gains the last four years. But I'm uh, really encouraged because we do have a conservative majority on the Supreme Court. So 
that's one thing that does work in our favor. So that gives me some hope. Well, I was thinking about that today as, of course, the justice was uh, the one swearing in uh, the president coming in, as normally happens. And yet uh, the nine justices on the court, they themselves may be under assault if the Democrats have their way in what they call court packing. That means under the Trump administration, in just four short years, President Trump had the opportunity to appoint three new justices to the U.S. Supreme Court tilting the uh, odds of conservative decisions in his fa- in the favor of conservative policy and pro-life policy. But yet one never knows what these justices might do. It was Dr. Wilkie who founded Right to Life, who to his dying day uh, lamented that Kennedy was a, a person on the court, that he actually advocated to President George H. Bush, 41. And he lamented to that day of his death, that that was someone he thought might stand for the cause of life. Unfortunately, that was not to be. Kennedy, in many instances, was the swing vote against pro-life legislation, or excuse me, pro-life policy, and just uh, judgments on the Supreme Court. Now, of course, we have Amy Comey Barrett that has come onto the court, and it is anyone's guess as to what might happen now. So I think there's a lot of questions that are still around. And then, of course, if the if the um, U.S. Senate, now controlled by the Democrats, will indeed push forward to pack the court. What do we mean by that, Denise? Explain. Well, they're going to have more justices on the court, and they can supposedly swing it into their favor if they do that. Uh, I don't know if it will happen. It's never really been talked about so much. Uh, Biden, uh, well, I guess I have to call him President Biden now, successfully dodged that question on the campaign trail. I don't know. I think he might get a lot of pushback if he does it, but it can't happen. Um, and I, um, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, it's beyond words for me because this day has been really, really tough. I didn't think it would come. Uh, so we can only pray that it doesn't happen. Well, that's right. This, um, you know, we, we look at now the prospects of uh, the Biden administration, which uh, left wing policies of his party seem to be dictating. Uh, President uh, Obi- Biden now uh, actually does have some health questions. Uh, there has been uh, some questions about his cognitive skills. I mean, my mother had dementia. I'm familiar with dementia. It, it certainly seems as if uh, he is suffering from some type of lapse. And it, it, it begs the question, how long will he actually be able to serve as president? His vice president then would be uh, the one coming in, and that's Kamala Harris, who is a hard left-wing position policy person. And that's with, she's pro-choice, the abortion through the ninth month and to the time of birth, uh, what we would call infanticide. So really radical uh, uh, practices and policies uh, are all surrounding this administration. They said that Joe Biden was a moderate. But yet, uh, it seems as if even the early appointments to his cabinet seem to be uh, dictated and influenced by uh, the left wing of his party. Your thoughts on that? You know, that almost scares me more than anything else, because as I watch all these appointments he's making, you know, I'm very scared if uh, Kamala Harris ever becomes president. Um, I mean, just just look at what happened with David Daleiden. I mean, he exposed everything that was going on in at Planned Parenthood. And instead of uh, punishing Planned Parenthood, she punished the whistleblower. 
and and that that is just beyond me. And some of the statements that can't come out of the mouths of all of those that he's appointing me, it's almost like he's being a puppet and they're telling him who to appoint. I I know that he's Catholic, but he does not practice his faith in in uh, or let his faith influence him in his policies, and that is just very scary to me. And uh, I mean, I think my knees are going to wear out with the prayer that I'm going to have over the next four years. You know, whatever happens, but uh, every appointment and especially Kamala Harris really really scare me. We're talking with Denise Leopold. She is the director of Northeast Ohio Right to Life. And Denise is uh, your headquartered in Akron, of course. For years, it was known as Akron Right to Life, a very active pro-life chapter. Uh, again, because uh, Akron itself has been home, unfortunately, to numerous abortion clinics over the years, and um, and some no, you know, uh, notorious ones at that. N- notorious abortionists have made Akron their home. Yep. And it continues to this day. How many active abortion clinics operating in the greater Akron area right now do we have? Well, thankfully, we're down to one, and that's the Northeast Ohio Women's Center in Cuyahoga Falls, but it has just as bad reputation as the one we were successfully able to close a few years ago. We have that one abortion clinic plus a Planned Parenthood in the area, but they do not do surgical abortion. You know, one of the great successes of, we talk about March for Life, and there will be a virtual March for Life. We don't want to uh, say that there won't be an observance. Of course, there will be a virtual March for Life, but pro-life groups from across the country will hold uh, observances on Saturday, which, of course, uh, uh, Friday is the 22nd, uh, the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. In fact, it's 48 years. It's hard to believe it's been that long. But over those years, the pro-life community has been very evangelical in the sense that they have been able to convert a lot of the generations that have come, uh, younger people, up to the cause of life. And so one of the inspiring things when we see March for Life in Washington, D.C., is all the young people that come from across the country that stand in March for Life, peaceably, of course, assembling and uh, meeting on the mall, hearing speakers, then uh, marching up quietly, prayerfully to the Supreme Court in observance of the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, hoping that the court would overturn Roe and send it back to the states and the cause for life would go on that way. But uh, we're seeing the states are moving forward with pro-life legislation. Here in Ohio, we have been active. A number of pieces of legislation over the last number of years, uh, you know, basically rolling back uh, abortion on demand in Ohio and other states as well. In fact, uh, drying up the, the need for abortion, for instance, uh, converting women over to the idea of your, the life in your womb is sacred, it is precious, and don't make that regrettable decision that will be with you for a long time to come if you make that uh, decision to end your lo- the life in your womb. So, you know, there's been a great advancement for the cause of life, and you would argue that even in the polls that young people embrace more of a pro-life position. Is that continuing? We've seen that in recent years, but in when I say recent years, I'd say the last 10 years. But what's it been like the last few years, Denise? Are we seeing a decline in abortions? Are we seeing a rise in the um, understanding and embracing the cause for life among young people? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we've seen a steady decline, uh, not huge, but steady over the last many years. And uh, we're getting a lot more young people on board. In fact, I used to be one of those young people many years ago at the March for Life. But uh, when I go now, I mean, this will be the first year I haven't been there in a long time. 
the the numbers of young people there are just are just incredible and i work with a lot of them here in local area we have active um, pro-life groups at both the university of akron and at kent state university and in a lot of the high schools and i work very closely with them and a lot of them come out to the abortion clinics to pray very often and to show the, uh, the you know it's an outward sign to the community that that we don't want this to be there. It, it, I mean, it's a tragedy. It's a scar in our landscape. And so uh, I think uh, our youth are recognizing the value of life because they're learning it. And, and, and seeing the things that goes on in the government, it only strengthens uh, their, their commitment to life. And all of this has been done through, you know, activity as far as legislatively, educational, um, you know, uh, prayerful demonstrations demonstrations in front of abortion clinics, of course, uh, so that women going in can see that there's an alternative option for life uh, to not make the decision for abortion. That work will continue. And, of course, uh, in the general public and with messaging, tell us uh, some of your educational efforts throughout the year. You, of course, hold a dinner. You have uh, uh, breakout sessions. You you have volunteers that work uh, really all year long. Tell us about the work of Northeast Ohio Right to Life. Sure. Um, uh, well, I should mention, too, that going to an abortion clinic is really the last place we need to be. We want women not to even go there. So usually when you go there, you're an outward sign to the community. We want to reach women long before they ever feel that they have a need to go to a clinic. So, but we have several several types of programs. I mean, we conduct several community events like the um, the, the National Life Chain. We do the um, National Day of Remembrance for Aborted Children. But one of our biggest programs that we do behind the scenes that most people aren't aware of and where most of our dollars go is we we work with a, a national firm that buys up keywords on the internet so that when a girl goes to, uh, if, she, if she finds herself pregnant and doesn't doesn't think she wants it, she usually turns to the internet or to any of the search engines to ask questions like, how much does an abortion cost or where do I get one or does it hurt? And with the firm that we work with, they buy up all those keywords and we come up as one of the choices, but it doesn't say that it doesn't have our name on it. It doesn't have any information about being pro-life. It just answers her question and gets her in contact with a local pregnancy resource center to get a free ultrasound, which she has to pay for in an abortion clinic. And 75 to 80% of the women that see that ultrasound choose life because when you go to an abortion clinic, they don't show you that the baby's heart is beating or that, that there, that is an actual human life. So we do a lot of education, uh, letting the public know that that's a life. That's not just tissue and, and it needs to be protected and it should be declared a person, which it's not in the constitution. And that's, that's what we're working on also. We're talking with Denise Leopold. She's the director of Northeast Ohio Right to Life. Uh, and again, you can go to their website. I'm looking at it now in the search bar. Denise, help me out here. It's rtlofneo.com. So right to Correct. life. Or you, can, or you can type in right to life of northeastohio.com as well, and it'll get you to the same place. Very good. Well, again, and a lot of helpful uh, information here. And also, if you'd like to volunteer, uh, there's oppor- opportunities for volunteering as well at Northeast Ohio Right to Life. Denise, let's talk about the incoming legislature here in Ohio. There is some opportunity. Of course, uh, Governor DeWine is pro-life. Uh, the Ohio uh, House will be controlled by the Republicans. The Ohio Senate is controlled by the Republicans. So there is opportunity to move pro-life legislation. 
what do you see happening as far as on the life front uh, going forward? Tell, tell me something that uh, passed this last legislature that uh, was uh, one for our side. Sure. We had a couple that passed in lame duck session. Uh, we passed the telemed abortion plan, uh, a ban, which will ban uh, doctors from giving out drugs just by having a, um, the abortion pill, just by having an uh, interview by the internet because they are not examining the patient. So that's a really good one. We passed the, um, the uh, Human uh, Preborn Child Dignity Act, which requires that all aborted children be buried or cremated. Um, but, uh, with the super majority, uh, we also passed the family forward initiative, which is a really good thing that will give, uh, financial aid to people looking to adopt that normally would not be able to afford those costs. But going forward, what I'm really excited about that will be reintroduced, um, with the new sponsor. And I'm very excited about this one is the human life protection act. Uh, what this one will do is, um, what most people don't understand is that when Roe v. Wade was passed, Abortion was illegal in only eight states, and it wasn't illegal in Ohio. This Human Life Protection Act will go into effect only if Roe v. Wade is overturned and will make abortion automatically illegal in Ohio. And we've done a lot of research and worked with a lot of constitutional lawyers, and uh, this can be passed without a challenge by the courts. And so I'm very excited. I think we have a very good chance of passing that once it's introduced. The other bill that's going to be introduced... Let me take a minute on that. What what is the name of that bill again? It's the Human Life Protection Act. See, that's so important because yes. now that there is arguably and hopefully a pro-life majority on the U.S. Supreme Court, if a case is taken and Roe is struck down, then it will be going back to the states and Ohio Correct. would be then on the books of abolishing abortion. Is that what this bill will do? Yes, because if it goes back to the states right now, it would still be illegal in Ohio. and We'd have an uphill battle in Ohio, and we don't want to have that uphill battle. We would rather have it on the shoulders of those liberals that want to make it illegal to try and do that. So this is one that we found out is constitutionally able to do. Um, It used to be called a trigger bill, but it didn't have that great of a constitution because the only time this bill will go into effect is once, once Roe v. Wade is overturned. And I'm very excited for this one to go forward because we can do that now with the supermajority in our uh, House and Senate in Ohio. The name of the bill again? It's the Human Life Protection Act. It does not have a bill number yet because it has of course, been but that, that's the, the slogan. The slogan yeah. name, the slogan name Correct. that people will be able to remember it by. Again, what Correct. is it again? The, the Human U- Life Protection Act. The Human Life Protection Act. We will be supporting that as the Ohio Christian Alliance. That is. That's been discussed for the last uh, several years of where would Ohio line up in the event that Roe was struck down. And so this is really important. Um, Denise, uh, we're running out of time, but I want to tell you uh, what great work that you're doing. And we're going to have you back on. But tell us again about the event on Saturday. Yes, from 9 to 11 at the State Road Abortion Clinic. Park anywhere on the side streets in Cuyahoga Falls on both sides of State Road. And we'll have signs there. Just show up. And that would be from 9 to 11? Correct. We'll we'll see you there. God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much for all you do for the cause of life. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank Thank you. you. Well, again, that's Denise Leopold of Northeast Ohio Right to Life. If you've missed any of this program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. 
stay tuned for our next segment that uh, was recorded last week, and it's about censorship, and it's a real problem in this country. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe, on D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're going to talk today about what's happening in our country, and it's alarming. And we're talking about the censorship that's taking place of political figures in Washington, senators, congressmen, and political voices across the landscape, as quite honestly, we are seeing censorship like we have never seen at a level in this country. You're listening to News in Focus, a broadcast of the Ohio Christian Alliance. We bring you these programs each week so that you might become better informed of the issues of our day. Of course, last week, on Wednesday, January 6th, when Congress was meeting to review the Electoral College votes that came in from the various states, there was a large gathering of of Trump supporters as the President addressed them at the Oval. Immediately following that, there was a melee at the U.S. Capitol. There is still a lot of speculation of actually what happened there. We'd like you to visit our website and uh, click on what's called Crossroads with Joshua Phillips of Epoch Times. They've done an in-depth study of an analysis with foreign journalists of what exactly happened at the U.S. Capitol. And you're going to find out that Antifa 
tactics were used as Antifa agents of chaos actually infiltrated the Trump protest and were the ones that led the vandalism at the, at the U.S. Capitol and then, of course, led crowds into the Capitol. And so a lot of that is being sorted out right now as the Justice Department has been filing charges against those who entered illegally into the U.S. Capitol in areas of the U.S. Capitol that were off-limits, and, of course, vandalism that occurred there as well. And, of course, tragically, five people in total died as a result of the melee at the U.S. Capitol last week. As a result, there's been a cascade of calls for censorship. The uh, social media platform Parler, in which our organization was heavily engaged in and working with, with conservative voices from across the country, was taken down by Amazon as they controlled the servers, and they took it offline. They then tried to find other server platforms to host the website that had really become a competitor of Twitter, only to find out that uh, group after group, organization after organization, would not host the now popular and now demised uh, parlor as an option for conservative voices. There's also been Gab. Gab is a social network, and they have had an influx of people that have gone to Gab. Now, they knew of this possible platform issue of liberals that host the uh, platforms for the servers. And they had already prepared for this by building their own server network, so they're not at risk of being taken down to that knowledge that we know of. Their, um, their CEO said in the past four days, 51 million visits to their uh, new uh, social media, Gab, 91 million page views, 1.7 million new users. So it's growing uh, you know, incredibly, uh, because people are looking for new platforms to be able to express their views. But talking about the censorship that's taking place, the Ohio Christian Alliance has been victim of that by Facebook, by Twitter, by YouTube. With me on the phone is my good friend, who is the president uh, and founder of Created Equal, a pro-life organization that actually uh, announces the defense of the unborn, and with young people actually protest at abortion clinics and actually bring the message of life out into the highways and byways. They have seen this kind of tactic uh, over the years, and of course they have been censured from uh, platforms, social media platforms, when they've tried to get their messages out of their videos that actually show young women changing their minds about abortion when they see the images, the reality of what abortion actually is and the demise of the unborn child in the womb. With me on the phone is my good friend, Mark Harrington. Mark, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Chris. Mark, did you ever think in our, in our lives that we would see this kind of censorship in the United States of America? Well, not actually uh, there, Chris. I, you know, I've been around for many years, 25 years in this battle, and we've seen the erosion of free speech over the last several decades. But ever since the election, and even a little bit before that, uh, we've seen an increase in violence towards our uh, young activists on college campuses. And then with the election, uh, the way it went, immediately these social media platforms began censoring conservative speech, starting with the president of the United States. So uh, this this has gone, you know, it's it, it light speed now. We, we were at a place where I thought we could 
manage this, I think it's almost beyond our own ability to to change course at this point. We're in really tough, tough times. Well, we are, and a lot of people are frightened, and for good reason, because they see if the President of the United States can be taken off of Twitter. And folks, let me explain this to you. Twitter, of course, is a social media app that has 330 million users worldwide. That's how big tech, when we talk about big tech, of Facebook, Twitter, Google, YouTube, and of course YouTube was bought by Google and now they control it. YouTube, uh, some years ago, used to be its own entity, then Google bought it and now it's being censured. And there's really just a handful of demagogues in uh, high tech uh, that are actually doing this. And that's Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, that's Jack Dorsey of uh, Twitter. And they're the ones who are making indiscriminate decisions to taking people off their platforms, starting with the President of the United States, who had his Twitter account, by the way, when he was a private citizen. Listen to this. 80 million followers. They turned him off immediately. Facebook banned him for life. So did Twitter. Then it didn't stop there. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, a wonderful Christian committed man, who we've had his father on this radio program, Rafael Cruz, and talks about his testimony of coming out of Cuba, out of Castro's Cuba, and surviving that and coming to the United States and loving this country. And, of course, Ted Cruz is the U.S. Senator from Texas, who was presenting challenging uh, material about the Electoral College with uh, election fraud and uh, election election fraud in the, the election, with the, with the Electoral College votes, and that's when the disturbance happened and, and all of it was suspended. Now they're saying that he is guilty of insurrection as a terrorist because he invoked people with challenge to the Electoral College votes in which the Democrats have done for four different elections during since the 60s, going from the 60s to 70s uh, up to 2004, even 2016. They also challenged on the floor of the House of Representatives, the Electoral College votes as they were presented. So it's nothing new for Congress to do this. It's part of the uh, constitutional process. They're, they're able to do it. We're able to do it, meaning Republicans. And that's what he and Senator Josh Hawley were doing. Senator Josh Hawley, his house was targeted by Antifa, Antifa thugs. Then when he was away in Oklahoma, this was just a few days before uh, the uh, vote on January 6th, and they came to his house in the middle of the night with bullhorns up to his door and uh, pounding <laughs> excuse me, on his door, and his wife and young baby daughter were there. Could you imagine how frightening that would be? They're targeting people's homes, elected officials' homes. Since that time, there's members of Congress now saying, you're to blame. Put them on a no-fly list. Uh, seize their banking accounts. Arrest them. Mark, it's unbelievable what the radical left is doing. These are congressmen calling for these senators to be arrested. Your thoughts? Well, I've been warning people for years uh, that this day was coming, a day of reckoning for us conservatives and Christians that use social media. And I've been warning for years that we need to get off these platforms and create our own alternative media. And very few people are listening to that because they built these massive social platforms, spending millions and millions of dollars on Facebook and Twitter, only to have in one day, many of them shut down. 
And so I think now it's it's there for everyone to see, and I exhort anybody out there who's listening, Christian or not, it's time to find alternative means of communicating. Uh, say goodbye to Facebook and Twitter. Move on. There will be other platforms developing. For me and our organization, we are just trying to survive the purge right now. We are doing all we can to protect our organization from this kind of censorship that's happening. And once we hopefully survive that, then we're going to come out on the other side uh, with alternatives to continue to reach people through the internet. And I think that's what everybody needs to do right now is just take some time to evaluate your situation. Are you vulnerable to this type of surveillance and censorship? And if you are, then take steps to protect yourself. And then once you're done with that, move on and find uh, other platforms that will come. They're going to come because uh, you know, it's the mother invention. We're, we're in a crisis and things will rise out of this soon. We will have alternatives to Facebook and Twitter. They won't be as big right now, but I think um, they will grow exponentially because of what's going on. People are just done with this. Uh, this is just a, too far, too fast. Well, you know, it's interesting, Mark, that you say that because there are voices on the left, the political left, that are concerned about censorship, too. You know, it used to be liberals who were concerned about free speech and the First Amendment and uh, censorship, and they were the ones who were concerned about that. Well, now mm -hmm. it's the left that's actually censoring other people. And there was an article uh, right here. It says the ACLU the ACLU right. is that's the American Civil Liberties Union. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, we're not in agreement with them, but we are in agreement this time. They said the ACLU voices concern about the unchecked power by big tech after Twitter cancels the president's account. Now think about this, folks. If they can cancel the president, an acting president of the United States, what chance do you have? This is what I said in the post. The ACLU has expressed concern over the unchecked power of big tech and their new doctrine of censorship. When voices on the right and on the left meet on the same issue, you know it's serious. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. 
I'm Johnette Cruz and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Mark, let's talk about the numbers. Let's talk about the numbers for a minute. Um, there was obviously the president. There was Senator Cruz, Senator Hawley, a number of congressmen that were thrown off of Twitter and Facebook, banned for life. Uh, there were accounts that were cut down by size. Here's Joe Baggs. He's a national radio host. I would call him a center-right type of guy. Uh, really straightforward, really common sense, not a radical uh, either way. And yet he said, I lost 100,000 Twitter followers when Jack, tor- uh, Jack uh, uh, he took him off my uh, Twitter feed. 100,000, he said it took me 11 years to build that account. Then there was Marita Bartolone. She's with uh, Fox Business, a wonderful conservative woman, well-respected across the political landscape. She also was, had many tens of thousands of followers eliminated immediately. Then there's Mark Levin, and the list goes on and on of these conservative, hundreds of conservative voices censured and or they just took off their followers on Twitter that took them years to build up. Your thoughts? Well, the ACLU's a little late to the party, but we'll take them. You know, it's, it's about time that independents and libertarians and free speech advocates and classical liberals, when I say classical liberals, that's the old time liberal that believed in free speech. You know, the free speech movement was actually launched by the left way back in the 1960s. But conservatives are the only bastion of free speech anymore. And because of the election, Chris, if it would have gone the other way, this would not be happening right now, as the speed it is. But because of the election, they know that there will be no pushback in Congress. They know that that the left holds all branches of government. Uh, Rule 230 is no longer in jeopardy, even though President Trump tried to get the Congress to to repeal that rule that would uh, allow uh, the government to restrict and regulate big tech. That's no longer on the table now. These people, you know, the, the, the dam has been broken and they are out for blood. Well, and we're going to be monitoring this, and we're going to fight back, and we're going to fight back in legal ways, and we're going to be peaceful, and we're going to find a way to do it constitutionally, like we've always done. We are Christians. We believe that we live in a representative republic. We live in the free nation of America. We're going to exercise our rights. A man that actually faced that kind of censorship and actually legal jeopardy 10 years ago was James O'Keefe of Veritas. It's an organization that actually goes undercover and actually videotapes and records people in their own words that actually end up condemning them. 
He goes into political places of power, also in sources of media, shows their bias and hypocrisy. This week, he did it with PBS and their legal counsel. And this man in a bar, uh, he is uh, uh, their legal counsel, was saying outrageous things. Let's go to the clip because uh, judgment in this case came swiftly after the report was broke of what this man said in that conversation undercover by Veritas. Let's go to that report. Hello, everyone. James O'Keefe here, Project Veritas. Michael Beller, PBS legal counsel, has just been fired. Fired. Minutes ago, Matthew Keyes wrote, quote, PBS has fired Mike Beller, a mid-level staffer who was filmed by Project Veritas calling for the children of Trump supporters to be put in re-education camps. Beller was also talking about throwing Molotov cocktails at the White House the week of this insurrection. Michael Beller has now been fired by PBS of the Corporation of Public Broadcasting. You can see him on tape here talking about Molotov cocktails. Ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the fastest reactions I've ever seen in the history of Project Veritas. The video on Twitter has around a million views right now. This is the week that Twitter is censoring everyone and mostly because we've been asking people to embed the video through proxy, through an army of Patriot distributors. On Telegram, we sent the video out on Telegram. People have been uploading it. And within just about two, two and a half hours, this man has been terminated. Now, forcing the mainstream media to report on it. This is what I was trying to tell you all. We must stop complaining. We must now do their jobs. And do their jobs, we have done. That is James O'Keefe of uh, Veritas. And 10 years ago, uh, they uh, filed suit against him. He did an undercover operation at that time to expose uh, some media hypocrisy. They sued him. They drained his uh, bank accounts. He, they law, uh, he was censured by all the social media platforms. He had to start over from scratch. So that's a man who actually has been down this road before, and he's recovered. Get this. He said that when I was starting back after we lost all of our fo followers on all the social media platforms and that we were bankrupt, we were, we were exonerated in the end legally, but it took all of our money for our legal defense. He said, I realized that if we, win, if we win over one person with the truth, it's worth it. And if we take that mark as a rallying cry, that we have to start over, that we're being kicked off of Facebook, we're being censured. The Ohio Christian Alliance tried to get its nonpartisan, get this, nonpartisan informational voter guide for the last couple of elections in 2018 and 2020 published. We don't endorse political parties or candidates, never have. Uh, so it wasn't biased, it wasn't even slanted. It's a nonpartisan piece, but because we're conservative, because we're pro-life, because we believe in religious liberty, because we believe in the nuclear family between a man and woman and children, because of that, they banned us and said, your, your ad does not meet with our community standards. And in 2018, they did it. We brought our complaints to Congress. I brought it to Senator Portman. I said, Senator, we got a problem. He said, I agree. He tried to bring it up in uh, committees in Washington. Unfortunately, they didn't do anything about it. And now they have become the victims of it themselves. The power of big tech and the violation of antitrust laws, and they uh, basically are demagogues that can do whatever they want in power. Your thoughts, Mark? Well, I think like you say, uh, 
Veritas was ahead of the curve, and I think we all need to be doing what they're doing, and that is finding alternatives to reach our people that we need to reach. You know, Jesus said the truth will set you free. Amen. And that lies will not last long, but we can't be naive to what's going on around us. To me, this is a this is a gift in some ways. It's just smoked them out of their holes. They were always this way. Now they're out in the open for all of us to see. And to me, that's the grace of God. It's time for us to, like I say, protect ourselves and then prepare for what's ahead. You know, we've talked about, as we enter into the new year, to pray for wisdom, to pray for understanding. The Bible says, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. You know, it says in First Chronicles 12.32, And the children of Issachar, were, which were men of understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. So this is what we need to do. We need to go forward. We need to do what we've always done as Christians. We need to speak the truth in love. We need to be proactive. We need to encourage good men and women of conscience in uh, public office. We need to encourage them to do the right thing at the State House in Columbus, our statewide officials, our local officials, and our congressmen. And, of course, the Republicans will now be in minority in both the U.S. House of Representatives and minority in the U.S. Senate, at least for the next two years. We need to encourage those men and women to take courageous stand, to speak up. They won't have the votes on committee, and so there is a, there is a radical leftist agenda that's coming at us. Mark, I know that pains your heart as a pro-life uh, advocate over these decades, and is uh, mine as well, that we have tried to push to abolish abortion in this country with over mm -hmm. 60 million lives that have been lost through abortion since 1973. We're coming up on the anniversary of Roe. This Sunday is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. On the 29th of this month will be the March for Life, the annual March for Life in Washington, D.C. Your thoughts about that? Well, Scripture is clear that we shouldn't put our trust in princes nor in mortal man where there is no salvation. Uh, we can't look to politics to be our savior. We can't look to Washington, D.C. to do what we know we need to do. That is to speak the truth and love to a culture that is uh, moving at light speed in another direction. So I exhort your listeners, first of all, take care of yourself, your family, and your direct uh, network of friends and others and colleagues first. That is, prepare for the future, but don't hunker down. It's not time to move to Wyoming. <laughs> we need to think about future generations, our children and our grandchildren, and keep the fight. Amen, brother. And it's not a time to cower, but it's a time to muster courage and and encourage others and to spur them on to good works, and that's what we're going to do. Amen. Uh, the, the day is the Lord's, uh, and we're going to go forward. We're not delusional that the times won't be challenging and there will be difficulties and that there will be days of sadness. But what we are saying is God will give us strength. He will give us the strength we need. And so, brother, I want to thank you for the work that you do. What an encouragement. We need to encourage one another. I just got off the phone with another pastor friend who gave me a wonderful word of encouragement. And so that's what we need to do at this time, is to encourage one another, to spur one another on to good works. Uh, Mark, what is the website so people can find you at Created Equal? Go to createdequal.org. That's createdequal.org. Uh, Chris, God bless you. Keep up the good work. Thank you, my friend. You do the same. We'll have you back, and God bless you for all that you do fighting for the unborn in our country. God bless you. 
Well, thank you for listening. If you've uh, missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.